wow, it's always so weird to hear that song. You know, that was a single I almost put out a few years ago called Live My Life. And, uh, you know, we never got around to making a video for it, but Mark found it. And anyway, it's always so weird because I forgot I did that song. But hello, welcome to episode nine of Drag Time with Heclina. Um, Thank you for listening. That was a really fun episode we had with Ben de la Creme. If you didn't catch it, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> Go listen to every episode in reverse order, and you'll eventually make your way back, way back in time, before we even knew what COVID-19 was. Uh, I cannot wait to introduce our guest this week. She's a very dear friend of mine. You may have heard of her, but first, it's time that I remind you, if you'd like to support Drag Time with Heclina, the absolute number one thing you can do, and it's free, is tell people about the show or subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. If you listen on Apple Podcasts, please rate our show and leave us a review. We love being surprised by your feedback about the show, and it really helps to attract new listeners. Anyway, now uh, we have a very special guest. She is a drag megastar. Um, somebody, <laughs> somebody I worked with, somebody I knew when she was just a snot, snot-nosed little baby drag queen in L.A. performing at uh, my club Trendy Shack down there, and she went on to fame and fortune with a little television show called RuPaul's Drag Race. But you know what? Even drag superstars are in quarantine right now, and we're, we're going to check in with her. Please give a big round of applause uh, from wherever you're listening to Alaska Thunderfuck. Yay! Yay. Hi, Alaska. Oh, my gosh. How are you doing? Um, I'm good. I'm just quarantining over here in Palm Springs in a big house. And I think I'm getting a cold. Of course, I'm paranoid. If anything happens, I feel like I'm getting COVID-19. But, yes. I, you know, it's this constant air conditioning. And then I go outside and it's 103 degrees. And I think it's fucking with me. But um, everybody yeah. who's listening, everyone who's listening to the podcast, if you heard last week, you know where I am. But where are you? I'm in Los Angeles. I'm in Hollywood. And who are you quarantined with? Is it Gabe? Um, no, Jeremy's here. So um, it's the two of us. And, you know, we've been best friends for like 16, like thir- 13 years. Or so. I don't know. Some like ridiculous long amount of time. So we're just sort oh, of like, yeah. we're just sort of like, um, like fraternal twins like in utero and we just sort of don't even notice each other so that's that's kind of good for someone to live with under these circumstances that's amazing so you're not getting on each other's nerves or anything not really i mean we sort of balance each other out and if he's having a day then you know i'm i'm the stable one and if i'm having a day then he's the stable one Wow, it's so crazy to imagine a world where Jeremy's the stable one. <laughs> that's like a that's like it's like opposite world kind of. Yes. This, uh, this coronavirus has really changed. Bizarro people. world. <laughs> Through the looking glass. Matt Burger World, Mattress World. <laughs> how many how many Golden Girls references can I come up with? Please, but, uh, <laughs> please. Oh my um, god! Yeah, no. Okay, so uh, yeah, and we're all going through it. But you've been doing a lot of shows. I did a couple shows for this uh, the Digital Drag Fest. You've been doing it. You did a ton of them. Yeah, we're by, yeah, yeah, we did. Yes. Ton. By the time by the time this airs, then. Um, 
you know, the whole thing will have been, will have been over. But you've been raising money for charity with your uh, with your shows. Is that right? Yeah, we do this bit called Dollars for Divas. And basically, it's like the lottery, but for drag queens. And so it's it's very fun and, and stupid and easy. And we, bas- we basically just put drag queens' names in a jar, and then we choose, like, a, a prize. So they get, you know, a, a money sent to them. And then we also share their Venmo or their PayPal or whatever, so everyone watching can go ahead and, like, discover a new queen and, you know, tip her or whatever. Oh, wow. I was told I couldn't share any kind of Venmo information on my show. Well, but. you can't share your own, but you're, you're allowed uh, to share other people's. Isn't this strange? You know, um, like overnight, we had to learn how to do shows in front of a little square box on our computer. Uh, how has that worked out for you? Well, I that part of it, I really love because I get to just do drag from the tits up. Which yeah, is oh my just, god, I know. I mean, it's just yes. drag has never been more enjoyable. I don't have to wear shoes. I get to sit on the floor. I don't have to wear like pantyhose. I it's it's amazing. It's like RuPaul behind the judging table. It's just like sweatpants, <laughs> gym shorts, <laughs> and a butt plug and a butt plug. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, yeah that that I will agree with you. I mean, it's like. Just tits up, and uh, you don't have to go. You don't have to call, get an Uber, go anywhere. Deal. You don't have to talk to any annoying drunk people. Yeah. Unless, unless you're talking to Jeremy, I guess. <laughs> but uh, yeah. no, I'm just. I'm going to keep giving Jeremy shit. But okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, like overnight, I've had to yeah, kind of figure out what I'm going to do for income over the next, you know, who knows how long. Yeah. But you've been rolling with it. I see you've been busy with. Uh, Jackie and Sherry doing uh, Golden Girls in quarantine and (laughs) Mommy Dearest in quarantine. (laughs) Yeah, Jackie keeps doing them. She's got a million of them. She keeps cranking them out. And and she keeps writing a little bit part for me in each of them. So I'm like, I'm proud to be in repertory. I'm proud that I'm one of the queens, you know, who's not just kind of giving up. And like, we're, we're still... You know, not to be corny, but like that's the old song that Ethel Merman sang. There's no people like show people. Yeah. You know, it's like it's like it's it's a it really things like this really show you who's who, you know, and um, we all know we're going to get through this. But it's just how are we dealing with it with it while we're going through it? And Jackie and people like me and Jackie and you deal with it the only way we can, which is uh, by performing and humor, you know. Yeah. I mean, people have always described me as a workhorse. You know, I well, <laughs> some some form of a horse, yes. <laughs> oh, I've always been such a clothes horse too. I just gotta say. <laughs> oh my god! So I will tell you that here in Palm Springs, I, I used to rent my house out up to Airbnb, but somebody logged in on my television and they left their oh Hulu <laughs> logged in, so I did not even know. The entire seven seasons of Golden Girls is available right there on Hulu. Yeah. So I, it's kind of, it saved me. It has saved me. Oh, yeah. I, uh, yeah. I, I watched the case of the Libertine Bell the other night <laughs> and just like, 
just love it so much. There could be two explanations. <laughs> exactly. Either I lied <laughs> about taking your earrings or I was wrong about the number of explanations. <laughs> <laughs> and I love Posey McGlynn. Oh, God. All that stuff. Yeah, yeah. That's an amazing. So, uh, Mark, you probably don't know this because you don't know Alaska well, but Alaska is the foremost, even more than me, <laughs> maybe more than Jackie, the foremost Golden Girls expert in wow. the on earth yes well that's a statement. you know i mean yeah, yeah. it's a hobby yes. and what's yeah, yeah. What, alaska what's your favorite episode if you can choose just one well it's really hard to answer that question because there it's so different from the early seasons to the later seasons the writers were different the overall tone was different the look started to be a little different so uh, but as far as like classic like Golden Girls episodes go, I really love A Little Romance, which is the one where Rose is dating a little person and he comes to the house and the girls don't know how to respond. Oh, that's an amazing one. Yeah. The one I really want to do, I was watching the the other night, it's a two-parter and then the title escapes me, but it's when Dorothy's sister comes to visit and there's a hurricane <gasps> and, and they have to stop the, they have to save the McKinley lighthouse. Yeah. And, and Stan has a support monkey that he carries around <laughs> made out of a traffic cone. Um, and I thought, like, that's so funny. There's, there's so many great scenes. That's funny. Her. I'll play yeah. the monkey. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's called The Monkey Show. That episode, I believe, is called The Monkey Show. It's Is it the only two-parter that ever happened? No, there's a bunch of show? two-parters. Oh, okay. Well, it's just genius. And that's that, of course, is season seven, which was the most genius writing. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, so I, I, I'm happy to be in seclusion with my cat and the Golden Girls. <laughs> can, yeah. It's actually tolerable. It's just yeah. you and the cat? Well, my friend Nancy is up the block from me. And uh, I'm also uh, quarantining sort of with John Cameron Mitchell. He is... Oh. Uh, living in a yurt over here. And he has actually done all of his digital drag fest shows. He's recorded them on my deck. Oh, wow. So, um, so yeah, it just kind of like, but it's just, they're not living here with me. I think I would kind of go nuts right now if somebody was in the house. Um, but I have been watching everything on Netflix. Uh, of course, you know, it's already so passe and yesterday to even reference the Tiger King. Been there, done that, you know. <laughs> and uh, but last week, everybody's like, "Have you seen Circus of Books?" And I remember, of course, in West Hollywood, the alley behind Circus of Books. Mm-hmm. I did, I did spend some time there. I but bet. I never really, I, I never went into the one in Silver Lake. Uh, uh, but I didn't even know that you were an employee there. And I, and then I was so surprised you were in the um, the show about Circus of Books, which was very interesting. Yeah, uh, it was a, 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 a married couple, a married Jewish couple, one who's very uh, orthodox running this. What did, why don't you tell us about the show? Well, um, I mean, it's so crazy that this documentary has become like such a thing because I we I did like one interview for it like four years ago or something and you never know what's going to become of these things and now here it is and it's all over Netflix and it's like a huge hit and it's really good it's uh and uh Ryan Murphy is a producer on it it's like it's amazing 
Um, but basically I worked at Circus of Books in West Hollywood for one calendar year exactly. Uh-huh. And um and so I don't know. So Rachel Mason, who who's the daughter of the owners, um, she wanted to do a movie that sort of that sort of wraps up like the impact of of that store and the importance of like bookstores and porn in gay culture. Yeah. And her parents have this really compelling story. Cause like you said, they're, they're a straight couple. They're, you know, they're very like, they're very straight laced. Like they're very like conservative and, uh, and who would have known that they were running like the biggest gay porn store in West Hollywood uh, for for decades yeah it really makes you realize that sometimes business is just business yeah you know and that's what it was to them they, they were able to separate from all that and not bring and the, and the mom i don't want to do any spoiler alerts for people who haven't seen it but the mom uh wasn't very conflicted about it until it affected her family the you know right. the homosexual stuff so um but yeah, it was, it was really, really interesting. And it was funny to see your interviews because it was uh, in your, it had to have been your apartment or something because all your wigs were around you. <laughs> it was staged. <laughs> Girl, that's not, I mean, it's kind of like the, the wigs are like usually all around, but, but we were doing some set dressing like because they wanted the shot to look like a certain way. So we were like rearranging. What? Like, what? You mean reality shows Hollywood, sometimes are Hollywood, manipulated? Hollywood secrets. <laughs> <laughs> it's really good, though. And not just because I'm in it and not just because I'm a thumbnail. I really do recommend watching it. It's really good. It was very interesting. And uh and Jeff Stryker was in it, and you know, uh, somebody was saying a while ago that he looked like hell. But I was, but, but, and I was trying to look for old, for like new pictures of him. Yeah, and he was in, he was in the movie. I thought he looked fine. I think he's. I aged thought he very, looked pretty good. Yeah, he's aged very gracefully. Yeah, he looks great. You know what I heard from everyone, from all my friends who watched it, they were all like, "Jeff Stryker could still get it." Oh my god, Jeff Stryker! Yes, he's so hot still. So if he could get it up, yeah. I mean, he was having a hard time back then in the 80s sometimes. I'm sure it's fully posable, just like the action figure. <laughs> mm-hmm. I went to see Jeff Stryker's show, He, you know, that show he toured with. And as you're leaving the theater, he was standing there saying goodbye to everybody. And everybody on the way out was allowed to grab his penis. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. Wow. So, so I grabbed it and felt it. Wow. Yeah, that's a meet and greet. Yeah, totally. Uh, Well, so uh, can you? you, So something weird happened. It was not weird, (laughs) but it was kind of a blast from the past. This guy contacted me who uh, writes books. He's written a book on (laughs) Bianca, and he's written books. He's now writing a book about you, and he emailed me because. Apparently, your first memory of Tranny Shack, you were in San Francisco at a Duran Duran night. I did not know this. I didn't know you then. Yeah. Were you, you were, yeah, you were just in San Francisco or? Yeah, I mean, we were babies. I was, it was my 22nd birthday. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jeremy and I wanted to take a trip to San Francisco just for fun to like check out Tranny Shack. Um, wait, maybe it wasn't Jeremy. Maybe I, Maybe it was Adam. Maybe it was my college roommate. Okay, that well, either way, 
We were staying with his friends. Oh my God, I just remembered like a part of the story that I've been trying to remember. We were staying with his like family or his cousin or something. And they were like, you have to go to Tranny Shack. Like you're, it's a Tuesday. You have to go tonight. You have to go to Tranny Shack. So we had no idea what it was. And we went and it changed my life. And I saw, it was Duran Duran night and we saw the show and I just remember watching the show and I was like, this is what I want to do. Like, this is exactly what I want to do. I want to go back to Pittsburgh and this, and I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Oh, wow. That was like, that was what like sparked and it, it made me want to do drag. It, it also like, cause I had never seen drag like that, you know? So what you're saying is I'm responsible <laughs> for your career. Yes. Isn't it a funny, Mark, how I, I read the same thing into what Ben de la Cram was saying uh, during, in our last podcast? I mean, essentially all drag. You're responsible for the success of, and the artistry in all drag. Thank you, Mark. Thank you for, for, for boiling it down very succinctly. But it's but honestly, Glena, I mean, it's kind of true. And it's the it's this thing that it's this thing that Oprah says and and. And it's something that Maya Angelou told Oprah. And yes, I'm comparing you to Oprah. Um, oh, wow. But Maya Angelou told Oprah, like, you don't know what your legacy is going to be because the the reverberations of what you put out into the world are just like innumerable. And like, it, like you can't calculate it. You have no idea who you've affected and, and what you've what has come about because of what you put out in the world. And you've put a lot of fucking drag out in the world. And tranny shock is something that's really significant and it affected, and it's probably still is affecting a lot of people. Wow. That's very sweet, Alaska. And you know what? It's, it's, it's kind of true because I can't, I I never am like a nostalgic type of person. I don't really dwell on the past, but, um, you know, and, you know, I was talking to Lady Bunny about this and because she people always want to talk to her about Wigstock and what she did with Wigstock. And and she is just a forward thinking person and always is just kind of like, you know, I think I think I have better things that, that are coming along. But she needs to be able to hear how much she's influenced people. I think she doesn't allow herself. And I'm kind of the same way. So I'm trying to start. You know, thinking about, yeah, this tranny shack did make its mark on people. And, and I remember when I went to L.A. to do it, my memory of you was you were just starting out mm-hmm. uh, and performing a tranny shack at Fubar. And one night, uh, I thought it was so cute, you brought your mom and dad to the show. <laughs> yes. It was my mom and her husband. He's not my dad. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Okay. What did they think He's of He's not that? my uh, real dad and he never will be. Oh my God! So I'm uh, sorry if I touched the nerve. <laughs> he's her. He's her very ex-husband. Um, oh no. Um, yeah, C- because it, and it was Phaedra who made who kind of made that happen. She made the connection because I was doing Jackie Beats contest in West Hollywood at, at Here Lounge, and. I did this number and I was pulling shit out of my skirt and like drinking beers on stage and like pulling dildos out of my skirt and whatever. And I didn't win the contest and I was pissed and I stormed off stage, but Phaedra was there and she 
said, oh my God, you should, you should do Tranny Shack when Hecklina comes to LA. So she was the person who made that connection happen. And then I did it and we did it at FUBAR and I got like spray tanned on stage and I stripped mm. down to a jock strap because <laughs> why not? Of course. And um, yeah, it was, it was very, and I, I performed Don't Cry Out Loud by Melissa Manchester. Oh, gorgeous. Yeah. Gorgeous. That's wonderful. Well, I was, I was talking to this guy, I think his name's Thomas. I can't remember his name. And cause he was asking me questions about you. And I was like, he was asking me, you know, what I thought about you and all this stuff. And of course I was very complimentary. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, thank you. I, but also he, and he said, what's your most iconic performance that you can think of Alaska doing in that era? And I said, it was from Echoplex when you did the Whitney song <laughs> and you got, and you got peed on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so uh, it was Andrew and um, it was Andrew and Adrian. Toxic waste. Andrew and Adrian. Toxic waste. And they were dressed, they were wearing fishermen's outfits, like the, the yellow outfits with the hats. <laughs> I love and, that you remember uh, it that way. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I have. Oh, that reminds me. That reminds me. I have to send photos. I, wait, is that not? Am I not remembering it right? They weren't wearing rain slickers. They were wearing pig masks and yellow jock straps. But I was wearing yellow plastic. So maybe it's like melding <laughs> in your mind. You know what? I, I He asked me to send him photographs. So I have to look for some. Please do. But, um, but that was definitely iconic. And then at some point, they both turned around and just started pissing on you. Yes. What did the did what, was the piss? It wasn't asparagus or anything, was it? Like asparagusy or no, girl? I come from the theater, so uh-huh. every aspect of this was planned. So I had them chugging water and beer backstage. So that <laughs> so their tanks would be full, okay. Right, right. But also, I didn't let them pee before the show. So by the time we got on stage, they were fucking ready to burst because you know drag shows. I mean, nothing. Oh God, yeah. Nothing runs on time, so they are literally. So we were we were like, okay, you know, five more minutes. Okay, ten more minutes. Okay, but they were ready to burst by the time they got on stage because I've seen queens try and get pissed on stage. Oh God, me too. And it doesn't work because people get pee shy or stage fright or whatever. So you have to fucking fill the tank and you, they, they can't pee before the show. Oh, I remember. Yeah. I've I've seen people try to do lots of things on stage and fail. (laughs) (laughs) One one time, well, one time somebody was like, I'm going to have my dog come up and eat like, meat out of my vagina and they they actually brought their dog in Mm -hmm. and um and they smeared their vagina with like meat and the dog was just so terrified (laughs) with the music and all the people that she just she just kind of laid there and and just kind of like with her legs open and nothing happened like 15 people called the Well, there was animal things a lot at Tranny Shack, like chickens and and crickets and I don't know goldfish, goldfish and worms and yeah, all that stuff. And I, I was talking to him. I was like, yeah, I got to know a lot of the people 
in LA from Tranny Shack LA before they went on Drag Race. You were one of them and um, Raja and Detox. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it was a great scene um, going on there. Yeah, it was. And I always I always had the, the feeling that um, LA was sort of trying to emulate the, the drag scene of San Francisco a little bit. Like they were trying to capture the magic. And so it, that, because, you know, Tranny Shack was fucking everything. It was like iconic. He asked me how to compare it, and I said, well, in L.A., if they're pretending to eat dog food, they will slap a label, a dog food label on a can. <laughs> Fucking props. They'll, uh-huh. they'll, they'll, well, they'll slap a label on a, on a, of, of dog food on a can of corned beef hash. But in San Francisco, they'll actually eat real dog food. Yeah, Alpo, so bitch, I, yes. Yeah, so I was like, that's a perfect way of summing things up. And not to uh, – I've got to remember one time I got in so much trouble from Boulay Brothers because I was performing at um, <laughs> Dragula there. And I did this number by the voluptuous horror of Karen Black. And I was I was I used Comet in the number. Of course, anybody with any sense in their brain would have emptied the Comet out and refilled it with like baby powder yeah. or something. But I did not. I used real comet and it got into the air and people's eyes were burning. Oh and all my this God. Uh, <laughs> they were like, why didn't you replace the actual, well, whatever, you know, like so. Christina Crawford in the bathroom. Exactly. <laughs> you know, one thing about being in quarantine is yes, it's given me a lot of time to, I'm taking Spanish lessons. Oh, and wow. I'm, doing, I'm doing lots of podcasts and I'm doing, Lots of shows. Um, are you, what are you, what, what kind of, but eventually this quarantine will end and eventually we'll be able to go, we'll be able to go into the real world. However, you know, te- it, it will, it will, it'll be kind of like baby steps at first. Are you working on anything in quarantine? Well, hey, Cleena, since you're learning Spanish, there's only three phrases you need to know. Yes, <laughs> no, and no, your roommate can't watch. <laughs> Um, what are, I mean, for me being in quarantine, it it has been, um, it's really weird because some days are just very like light and very like fun and just like sort of, you know, and then the next day you're, you're hit with sort of the, the dread of the whole world that that the whole world is feeling. So it's like it it fluctuates really a lot but the thing that is helping is just keeping busy and doing drag and um making content and um connecting with people and i've been watching so many digital drag shows just cuz like all my friends are on there and it's really fun to just like um to do that and connect because we can't we can't go out and connect in in person you didn't watch mine um uh well uh which one this is- <laughs> how many did you do i'm so sorry i missed it i'm i'm just i'm just teasing it's it's been difficult for me to watch the shows because uh, it's because you're watching them on your computer screen it's hard mm-hmm. for me to although um i did watch jinx's one of jinx's uh little ed shows and i was i thought it was very entertaining i put it on i you know i put it on my big screen via youtube and the whole time that she was on i was squinting and looking at her piano player and i said is that jeremy it looked just like jeremy <laughs> it was not jeremy 
But didn't it look like Jeremy a little bit? A little bit, yeah. Yeah. Did you see that show? I did. I loved it. I, yeah, I, I mean, thought it was quite good. Jinx is just like a fucking... Her her mind is outstanding, and she's so fucking funny and, and talented. I love her. Yeah, she's, yeah, she was really, really great. I had to text her the next day, as difficult as it was for me to say. I was like, you, your <laughs> show was very good. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, um, are you watching Drag Race? No. Okay. Can we? So, Mark, can we talk? Let's let's talk about (laughs) this current season. So you're not watching Uh, it? Well, only uh, my only relationship to it is I sponsored Rockham Sakura for her runaway looks. Oh, and, uh, and and you know, and she's a friend of mine. But I've not watched any of the episodes, and but and of course I was amazed at all of the scandal with Sherry Pie. Oh my god! But, I know. Um, but why don't you tell? What are your thoughts on season twelve? Well, I'm loving it, and mm-hmm. I mean, I I think that the girls who are on it are are feeling, you know, it's especially hard for them to be locked down right now because this is supposed to be their you know, their moment to tour the world and... Yeah, they're all supposed to be in clubs right now. Yeah, they're supposed to be making that that Rue Girl money. They're supposed to be seeing the world that they've never seen before. So they're feeling that, but I have a feeling that I think that the fans are going to be connected to them even more once once we're allowed out again. Mm-hmm. Because we're... I mean, we're all in the house. So, like, Drag Race has taken on... I mean, for, I don't know, for me, not, not for you, obviously, because you don't watch it, but, uh, (laughs) but Drag Race has like taken on more of a, an importance because it's like something we look forward to every week. And, uh, it's something like regular that reminds us of, you know, the world before all this craziness happened. So that's why I watch Golden Girls. Exactly. I mean, I love. We've been watching Designing Women, Jeremy. And I never care. I never cared for that show. Well, you know, I like to consume series of old sitcoms just as like research, uh-huh. and I can say that Designing Women has funny moments and redeeming qualities, but it's very chaotic compared to the Golden Girls, which is so tight. You know. It's also very preachy. Like I, I did not like Dixie Carter sometimes because she was so she was so on a soapbox. You know what <laughs> yes. I mean? Like lecturing me. I was like, shut up. You know? They're even right. That, yeah. The golden even that climactic <laughs> one. That 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 climactic one where she, where she was like, and that was the night that yeah. the lights went out in Georgia. <laughs> yes. Even that, I was like, this is stupid. You know, but. But I'm sure it'll, I'm, I'm sure it'll get played in gay bars everywhere, you know. It will. The, <laughs> there's really no comparison to Golden Girls, except that it feels like Designing Women borrows a lot from the Golden Girls. There are there are jokes that are lifted directly. There are like joke structure that is very referenced, and I think I. I Designing Women has a lot of issues. It has, like, some really problematic shit. Like, they, the cast starts to change toward the later seasons because Delta Burke had all this controversy and quit the show. So it was like the Golden Girls is, like, the gold standard of shows that everyone's trying to live up to in that time period. 
and designing women like they tried and it it has funny moments and it's worth watching as research but i mean the golden girls there's a reason they're the the number one i feel like yeah i feel like designing women and and like i was it was always bigger with southern queens and yeah um, yeah like my friends from the south they love that and they love like sorted lives and all that stuff but i think about golden girls that um it set the template for the characters in sex in the city totally uh, those are they're all like carrie is dorothy samantha mm. of course is blanche miranda is sophia and charlotte is rose you know, so they, they're like, yeah, so they, you, so I think totally. that's the, that's the closest, that's the closest parallel, exact parallel I can think of as far as the template that Golden Girls set. Totally. But, um, okay. So you know how when you Google stuff, it says people also ask, and then it provides you some questions that like people apparently Googled about people. Uh-huh. Um, so I, when I was Googling, I, I found these questions that people ask about Alaska and I'm the answers are kind of absurd and ridiculous. So I'm just wondering if, um, if you want to set the record straight about any of these Uh-oh. questions, my life is an open book. Okay, here we go. <laughs> Question so number your, one. So are your thighs. <laughs> <laughs> Question number one is, is Nebraska Alaska's drag daughter? Um, uh, you know what? Yes. And I'm very proud of her. And I think that because she's the only queen who was on Drag Race as a makeover contestant Mm -hmm. and who took that opportunity and she springboarded it into like going out there and doing drag. And it hasn't been easy for her. People are fucking people are are rude to her and shady to her sometimes because Why? because they're jealous or whatever or I don't mm-hmm. I don't know but because I mean she's you know she's a model and she's stunning and like the biggest sweetheart ever um but yeah I fucking love Nebraska I think she's amazing I love it and and is your mother is your drag mother Jer Bear Jones uh, <laughs> my God! That's the question. That's what people Google. The uh, I mean, the short answer is yes, but I also have like a lot of drag mothers, like it, I or people I consider to be mother figures to like to my drag career, because like Jerbar Jones is someone who gave one of the first people who gave me like a. Uh, a chance uh, to be on stage and like sing and play piano with Jeremy. So like, that's, that's very special to me. And so like at the time she and Jerber Jones and I would joke that I was her drag daughter, but I do feel that a little bit, but I also feel like Shishi LaRue kind of is too, because it, my first drag show was, uh, was because of her and it was a contest she was putting on. So I don't know. I have a bunch of people I consider my drag mother, but Jerber is one of them. Okay. And um, this one's a little generic, but, but it is, um, it does come up when you Google Alaska, but uh, who is the richest drag queen? <laughs> RuPaul. <laughs> I'm going to guess RuPaul because he he has a really long running TV show. And um so yeah, I mean if I had to guess, who is the most hated drag queen? Um Heclina. Ah! <laughs> 
Stevie, won the game. You won the game. <laughs> Stevie Wonder could have seen that coming. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would say I would say the most hated drag queen right now at this moment is Sherry Pie. Yeah, probably so. Yeah, yeah, but Poor you thing. know what? A couple of years ago, it was Robbie Turner, and so these things. These Robbie Turner must be like woo. Like breathing a sigh of relief, kind of. Yeah, I mean these things change, and you know what? I I, I think back when you were with Sharon, I, I think that you and Sharon did not believe me when I said I never watched RuPaul's Drag Race. Is that true? Do you think it was a put on? Well, there's a reason. I mean, we 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 travel around to a lot of places, and sometimes queens will be like, "Oh yeah, I don't watch that show. That's not for me." But you know what? On season four, episode <laughs> three, I really <laughs> thought that Manila should have won the mini challenge. Well, of course, it's it's impossible that I've never watched the show because we did have um, we did have uh, a viewing parties at uh, Oasis. Like I had, you know, Ben de la Creme there. I, I, I did watch episodes just from having to be there watching it, but o- only one time did I ever actually on purpose watch it at my house. And I think I told you this. The reason why I was so pissed was because it was the episode you were, it was a season you were on. Oh, I'm and it was like, it, it was some kind of a, a, like you, a farmhouse theme where you were yeah. like dressed up as a farm boy. And RuPaul said, she's like, you, why aren't you in drag? And you said, I am in drag, RuPaul. And I got so mad because RuPaul is so famous for saying you're born and the rest is drag. You yes. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, for, so for her to say that, I was like, she's such a sham. You know what I mean? So that's kind of why, like I gave it a, sh- a shot that one episode and then I got so annoyed. I never really watched it again. But wow. It has been, of course, a pleasure to work with all these people that were on the show and to know you from even beforehand. Yeah. Yeah. So well, you know, I'm glad like, that yeah. I'm glad that the Buffalo Bills Barnyard Buddies turned you off to drag race. <laughs> Is that what it was? <laughs> yes. And I was like, it it literally didn't even occur to me. We were all getting ready. The challenge was to do a children's TV show. So I was like, the the shows I grew up with, there there was never a show with all girl characters. There were always like a boy character. So I was like, Pee Wee Herman, he's like kind of the best children's show thing ever. So I did like a barnyard Pee Wee Herman. I was in lashes. I was in full makeup. Like, I it was just a boy character. And and yeah, and, and Rue and Michelle, they were both like, "What is this?" I didn't think anything of it. I didn't think, yeah. "Oh, I'm going to be controversial by doing this." I was just like, mm-hmm. "This is what you would see on Pee Wee Herman as a fucking drag character." Totally. So I was really stunned too that they were like shook by that. Turn me off completely <laughs> forever, for good, forever. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, thanks so much for coming on the show today, honey. This has been so great to talk to you. Congratulations on the podcast. And you can check out the podcast I do with Willem. It's called Race Chaser. And if you ever want to be a guest, please come on down. Oh, so when's the next time you're recording it? We record twice a week because we talk about the episode of Drag Race on Wednesdays. But mm-hmm. then on Fridays, we do sort of just like a, an overall roundup. Uh, so you should be on Friday because you don't watch Drag Race. Yeah, let's do it. Okay, great. Anyway, so yeah, check out Alaska and Willem's, um, which I think Willem is actually in Palm Springs now. Um, or she, she has, has a place a house there, there, yeah. Okay. Check out uh, Race Chaser. 
Um, thank you, Alaska Thunderfuck, for being our guest today. Thank you. You're wonderful. Um, you can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Hecklina. Please be sure, once again, to subscribe to the show, like us, rate us, and please tell anybody you can about Drag Time with Hecklina. Uh, be sure and check out Mark's special announcements on the Drag Time with Hecklina Facebook page regarding the Sideshow Revival featuring Greg Sherrill. Thanks again to Alaska and Mark, and thank you for listening to uh, Episode 9 of Drag Time with Hecklina. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Drag Time with Heclina. Our guest this week was Alaska Thunderfuck. Episode artwork photographed by Jose Guzman Colon, and the graphics are by Nancy French. This episode was recorded, edited, and produced by me. I'm Mark.